final words of our gospel today were, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if you could please pray the words, come Holy Spirit with me three times as we ask the Holy Spirit to be here with us. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Recently, there's a family that has been challenged by their parish priest to sit up front because children pay more attention when they sit up front. The family formed a habit each Sunday to ask what words of the gospel or the epistle from Paul or the first reading stood out to you. And they had a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And one Sunday, the 3-year-old said, Dad, what is butt dust? And the dad's like, what are you talking about? Well, she said, in the first reading, I heard the words butt dust. And he's thinking, so he goes back to it, he goes back to it, and he heard from our first reading, he said, I am butt dust, right? I am butt dust. He's saying, obviously, B-U-T, but not B-U-T-T. So he has to explain to his daughter, he's not talking about, like, farting. He's talking about this need for us to realize our littleness before the Lord and how good our God is to us. That's what we hear, we hear in our first reading, you know, will you still spare? Will you still spare? And, and looking at the Lord's goodness, knowing we approach him, he is good. And this goodness became a person, and that person is Jesus. God became a person, took on our flesh. And it's so important for us to know how to pray. And that's what I just want to talk about today in my homily, is just a need for us to know how to pray. And so often, the reason why a lot of us don't pray is because no one ever taught us how to pray. Like, no one ever sat down with us and just walked through a few different ways to pray. And I think for a lot of us, you know, we've, we, maybe we know the words, we pray the Hail Mary, but we sound like a tobacco auctioneer. You know, it's like, Hail Mary, Father, Father, is with thee, blessed are among the Son, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother God, pray for sinners, not to our death, amen. And we like zip through it. But like, what is that? Or, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as event. It's like, first thing for, for prayer is, is, is a need just to slow down and, and realizing that our God is good. And, it, and prayer is a dialogue. So when we're talking to people, we, we, we ask maybe something, or may they ask us something. We have time to think, to ponder, and receive, right? The apostles in our gospel today, they find Jesus in a certain place. And so often for us, if your prayer is inconsistent, or your prayer is kind of all over the place, Notice how Jesus prays in a certain place. The apostles knew where to found him. So for, for you, in your own prayer life, do you have a place to pray? Or do you have places to pray, pray where it just helps you encounter the Lord? For me, I just have to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I try to pray other places as far as my main prayer time. But are you, do you have a specific place that has said, people said, oh, it's that time of day, where am I going to find Matt? It's that time of day, where am I going to find Nick? It's that time of day, where am I going to find Alyssa, right? Do we have a specific place and do people know where to find us? But also know that the Lord, when he's praying, there's something magnetic about him. He's having a connection unlike any other connection with his heavenly father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's so, it's so attractive that the apostles say, Lord, can you teach us how to do that? Like, can you teach us how to have that, that connection? Have you ever seen anybody who's like really good at something and it makes you want to do it yourself? And you say, uh, could you teach me how to do that? The, the, the magnanimity of, of God in this moment is so large that the apostles, all they can say is like, Lord, teach me how to do that. 
And the reason, again, why a lot of people don't pray is because no one ever taught them. And Jesus gives us a simple model of how to pray. You know, we pray the Our Father so often, but do we have a clue about what we're saying? Are we just kind of like that tobacco auctioneer who is just like rambling through words, but I'm not actually meditating upon them? Jesus says, when you pray, say, the, say this. First word he says is Father. Or in the Hebrew, he would say Abba, Papa, Daddy. Like the intimacy he shared is what he wants all of us to share with God. He wants us to know who we are. Like if God is your father, God is your Abba, God is your daddy, what does that make you? For the, for the men here, that makes you a beloved son. For the women here, that makes you a beloved daughter. And so often we feel like, I'm not worthy of that. But that's why Jesus died on the cross. He, would, he purchased your identity on the cross. You would know who you are and whose you are. Like your worth, your value is the Lord. That intimacy that he's desired with us for all time, all eternity. And then he says, hallowed be your name. Which means his name is above every other name. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. His name sanctifies. His name is holy. His name is set apart. So I honor his name. I don't, I don't say, oh my God, or oh God, or God damn it, or Jesus Christ. And if I do, I bring the confession. But I, I, don't, I don't do that. I use, I use his name with the utmost reverence. And he says, your kingdom come. You know, do we really mean that? Or do we know what we mean by that? Like when, what we're asking for is God's kingdom to invade all in us that is not of him. It's actually a battle cry. We're praying for the kingdom of God to come and invade the kingdom of a devil, hell, sin, and death. So all the demons that you and I fight when we're praying to our Father, we're saying your kingdom come, your rule, you be Lord, you, you're, you be Lord here. You take control. And then he says, give us each day our daily bread. The Greek here, and even the, the Latin here, talks about super substantial bread. He's not talking about like just bread to eat. He's talking about the Holy Eucharist. I can remember when a priest challenged a group of men when I was at a men's conference with this particular statement. And he said, gentlemen, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ is truly present Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And all of us raised our hands. I didn't know what that meant at that time, but all of us raised our hands. And then he said, and how many of you go to daily Mass? And about, out of the 3,000 men, about eight men kept raising their hands. And he said, and the rest of you are liars. And that just, it just struck me to the heart because I said, if, if, I, if I believe this, if I'm praying the Our Father, if I believe this, I've got to get my butt to Mass. I gotta really act like I believe. I have to spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I can't just say I believe on Sunday. It's an everyday thing. And then, like, the heart of, of what we believe as Christians comes to fruition in the middle of the Our Father. He says, Forgive us our sins. Like, Jesus can indeed forgive your sins. And not only does he forgive, forgive, forgive them, but he forgets them. So, when you go to confession, your sins are not only forgiven, but they're forgotten, and they'll never be held against you. But then you have to take the next step, in which a lot of people miss, is they've got to forgive themselves and forgive others. St. Augustine says, when you and I hold grudges against other people, it's like holding a bottle of poison. And when you're around them, you want them to, you want them to suffer and drink it. But when you don't forgive, what happens is you drink the poison, and you suffer. Now, when you forgive, what does that mean? That means... You are giving them to Jesus and forgiving them in Jesus. 
you and I are fallen. It's not saying, I approve what you've done, I'm going to forget it forever. We're, we're fallen. But we're forgiving them in the person of Jesus. And we're saying, Jesus, you take care of them. I let them go, I give them to you. But when you and I do that, the power that's released from us, the power that you, you feel, the freedom you feel, is so beautiful. And it'll help you become the man or the woman you want to be. But when you and I walk into a room, and if we have grievances against one another, we're not living the gospel. We're not living in the mercy of God. So just for a moment, I just want you to think of, is there anybody that you are being called to forgive this week? When you go back home, is there anybody you're being called to forgive? Is there anybody that when you walk into a room, you're carrying a bottle of poison with? The Lord is inviting all of us to be men and women of mercy. The grace of the sacrament of confession does indeed stop if you don't forgive yourself and forgive others. It's like you're only, you're only turning, turning the spigot halfway on. The Lord wants to full, flow fully through you. And then he says, and do not subject us to the final test. Scripture says that, or the catechism says that prayer is a battle. The devil doesn't want you to become holy. All of us have a false self and a true self. The false self says, don't go to Mass, don't pray, don't go there. But the catechism says that, that prayer is a battle. And you and I are called to engage in that battle. Sometimes prayer is extremely peaceful and sometimes it's to sit in front of the Lord. Like everything in you wants to jump out and leave the room. But when you, when you calm yourself and you pray and you persist, that's where the deliverance happens. It says, do not subject us to the final test or deliver us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. And when you and I spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, Mother Teresa said, it's like you're getting a suntan, S-O-N, right? You spend time in front of the Lord and you become like him. And that's the point of the Christian life is to be other Christs to one another. But that means that you have to persist. The most masculine characteristic of Jesus was his endurance. It's when he carried the cross, right? He didn't quit. But he also wasn't afraid to ask for help. I'm Simon the Cyrenian. So if you have never been taught how to pray, one-on-one, always remember that you have Father John, myself, Deacon Tom here to teach you how to pray. You can teach one another how to pray. We have spiritual direction. But will you be humble enough to ask for help? One of my biggest pet peeves, one of my biggest grievances right now is just the pride in our culture. And acting like I have it all figured out when internally I'm dying inside. It's like, it's like I don't know if you've seen the image of a, of a duck, um, a mallard above water. Like above water, it looks smooth, I'm doing great. But below, it's pedaling like hell, just trying to make life happen. I think a lot of us, we are just pedaling like hell below the surface. We, won't, we don't want anybody to see that, so we just put on a fake face, and hey, I got it all together. Humility begets virtue. Just to be humble enough saying, I'm not doing, I'm not doing so hot. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't go to daily mass because I'm strong. It's because I'm weak. I need the Eucharist every day. I need my daily bread. I need to know who I am, that I'm a beloved son or a beloved daughter. When I pray those words, Abba, Father, Daddy. Like your name is holy. 
May your kingdom come this day, right? And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Lord, help me be a missionary of mercy. Help me forgive those who forgive others. And if you don't know how to do that, spiritual direction is a great place to learn how to do that. Then you have to do what Jesus ends our gospel with. You have to ask. And he says you will receive. You have to be persistent. And he says you must seek. You've got to keep looking for the Lord. And you will find. He says knock and the door will be open to you. That's where that beautiful verse from Revelation 3.20 comes in. The Lord says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. And what you need to hear him speak is you need this. Silence. And he says, if you open the door, I will come in and dine with you and you with me. It means he wants to have divine intimacy with you. He wants to share himself with you so you can become the man or the woman he created you to be. So this week, there's probably an invitation to seek out spiritual direction if you haven't done that yet. You can Tom put a message in the group me. Say, if you just need to talk, like, you can do that too. But let us not be so prideful that we're too afraid to ask for help of being judged, right? And if we have never been taught how to pray, don't be afraid, hey, um, I just like to do spiritual direction. Like, could you just teach me some simple ways how to pray? So often for us, a lot of our prayer lives, it looks like I pray the rosary, and for eight hours I check out and then maybe I, I say a prayer before I go to bed and that's it. What prayer is meant to be is, is, is communion. That's when I wake up, I'm with Jesus. And throughout the whole day, I'm talking with him, I'm dialoguing with him, I'm resting in his presence, I'm spending time with his mother in the rosary, and I'm always trying to be with him. And the simplest way to do that is just to start by praying the words, come Holy Spirit. That might sound too easy, but again, the Lord didn't come to complicate our lives. He came to set captives free. So as we began by praying, come Holy Spirit, let us take, take a moment of silence just to rest in the Lord. Who is our Father? Who is our Daddy? Who is our Abba, our Papa? So we can know our identity, know who we are when we approach Him in prayer. As we close by praying the words, come Holy Spirit, three times. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit.